0: God.
1: Hi, I'm Tom Doyle. I'm a science fiction and fantasy writer. I write both kinds here in Washington, D.C. in my spooky turret up here, which is actually filled with comic books now. So I'm just a bit to the side from the turret.
0: This is the first episode of the Tom Doyle series, the author of Psychological Space Opera. Hey, Tom, tell us uh, where you're from and why you write.
1: So, I'm originally from Michigan, from East Lansing, Michigan. And uh, that, of course, comes up later because that's where I met you as well, in different circumstances back at Clarion. But uh, from Michigan, and also spent a lot of time on uh, Lake Michigan summers. And uh, that also came into my writing. But I've been in D.C., Washington, D.C., a long time now in a very creepy old house. It looks very. you know, like I should be pulling, pouring boiling oil out the windows on the peasants. Sort of oh, really? it has a turret. Wow. Yeah, it's very creepy. Uh, when I was looking for a house, it really was the only sort of place that I wanted to uh, to buy because it seemed to fit my skin. Um, and uh, so I've been here a long time now. And as far as why do I write? Well, I'm kind of a late bloomer. Uh, I did not write. Uh, You know, other than some very minimal efforts, I did not write for a long time because I didn't feel I had much to say was the problem. Everything that came out seemed to sound derivative. And then back in the 90s, mid-90s, I went to Japan for a year and a half, and I started sending back accounts of my adventures there. non-fictional ones. And I was sending them also to a magazine in your neck of the woods. It was uh, a, uh, kind of had a non-fiction, Sacred City, it was a non-fiction adventures zine. And so um, after doing that, well, then I reached the end, I was a lawyer for most of the 90s. And then in 99, I went on a millennial pilgrimage. And After doing that kind of craziness and doing all these sort of anticipating midlife crisis stuff, I (laughs) decided, yeah, now uh, I would like to do something that I don't have to take orders from anyone or play in anyone else's sandbox. So I'm going to try writing for a while. And it was actually what I was most fond of growing up, which was science fiction and fantasy. You know, anything else. Well, if it was going to be literary stuff, that would seem to involve at least an MFA and such. I wanted something that I could leap right into, that I knew the material. And so I started writing science fiction short stories. And it, the, the why of it, you know, besides not wanting to play in other people's sandbox, I had always had the aspiration to, be, uh, to do something creative, to, do, uh, to speak um, in my own voice, And and tell my own stories. And uh, I, you know, first went to a workshop sponsored by uh, Strange Horizons with a draft. And they're the ones who told me about Clarion and the Clarion Writers Workshop. And so uh, that, you know, a few months later, I was applying to Clarion, what was formerly just Clarion or Clarion East, the one in East Lansing, and... Was able to get into that one, even though some of my stories apparently were so disturbing to the committee <laughs> that they thought I might be a problem person. The
0: committee? What committee would this be?
1: Well, there were people uh, on, like, the Clarion Admissions Committee. Oh. Like, I, I think this. Uh, I think Jim Kelly was yeah. on there. I think uh, Maureen McHugh, you know, they were parts of the judges of who should be on there, and I submitted two stories, and... They were wondering whether I was writing too much from life. And I don't write, oh, you know, wow. disturbing characters from my own life. I think I'm, as they said, you seem like such a nice person. Why are you, <laughs> you know, are you writing this stuff? Um, but I think that's the thing. People who put it on the page can uh, be nice persons in their daily life sure. because they're, they're putting all that there. Are
0: you scared so of the committee. I didn't know this story. Wow. Good for oh, you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he only told me at the very end of Clarion that uh, it was a close run thing for me. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh,
0: the Clarion Writers Workshop was founded by Robert Scott Wilson in 1968. Wilson built his system partly on the tradition of mutual criticism in use at the Milford Science Fiction Writers Conference, a workshop for professional science fiction writers established by Damon Knight and Kate Wilhelm. From 1972 to 2006, Clarion was hosted by Michigan State University in East Lansing, In 2007, Clarion relocated to the University of California, San Diego. Clarion is an intensive six-week summer program in which you have to apply in order to get in. So it's a very competitive workshop. They accept 20 people in the whole country for the year. And how you get in is by sending in your work, some stories, to the Clarion judges and they will choose among them the best to invite into the program.
1: surprised because I knew enough of literary criticism to really believe in the death of the author as far as the mode of interpreting a text so that people were ascribing stuff from the text to me oh, that uh, that, surprised. that surprised
0: me yeah I'm surprised too because those, those are very wise uh, uh, readers but somehow you, you reached them in a way that that, that, that shook them up oh interesting Yeah,
1: that troubled them a bit so um, yeah so ever since then uh, after Clarion I started selling to pro markets and such. And I've uh, just continued to hone my craft. And I really, uh, I, I very much enjoy writing and getting, shaking up readers like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Tom. I love that. I've known Tom for a long time and I didn't expect to be surprised by a Clarice or I hadn't heard before.
1: So, so that's cool. Uh, what would you say you write then? I've had several themes and styles. It's been long enough that there's been things going on. One of my themes was finding jobs for the psychologically different in the future. <laughs> so, for the psychologically extreme. So, looking at the future and going, there was a mode of Star Trek sort of science fiction that had imagined that we would be taking care of all the psychologically extreme cases in the future. And everyone would kind of be just nice, happy people working for the Federation or whatever and spreading peace and love. And that's not the future I'm interested in. (laughs) I'm interested in a very psychologically diverse future where despite technology, um, we are a wide variety of personalities and some of those are difficult. And coming up with stories to tell in the kind of J.G. Ballard mode of finding stories that suit those characters rather than suit the readers in a lot of ways. That's one sort of theme of my work. With uh, the American Craftsman Trilogy, my trilogy about magician soldiers and psychic spies in our present-day America but having a backstory that goes back to Poe and Hawthorne who were writing, in my world, thinly-veiled nonfiction. (laughs) Um... That mode was, I am very much into history and the history of both in the usual sense of uh, dates and facts, but also in terms of cultural history. And so creating an American magic and then telling a historical story in the uh, Tim Powers mode And with his work, he has a rule that he tries to... uh, tell historical fiction stories mixed with supernatural or science fictional elements where everything that happened on a given date happened. All the records are right. It's just that there's this whole other layer that wasn't recorded that he's filling in with his fiction.
0: Tim Powers, or Timothy Thomas Powers, is an American science fiction and fantasy author. Powers has won the World Fantasy Award twice for his critically acclaimed novels, Last Call and Declare. His 1987 novel, On Stranger Tides, served as an inspiration for the Monkey Island franchise of video games and was optioned for an adaptation into the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean film. Most of Powers' novels are secret histories. He uses actual documented historical events featuring famous people, but shows another view of them in which the occult or supernatural factors heavily influence the motivation and actions of the characters. Power strictly adheres to established historical facts. He reads extensively on a given topic, and then the plot develops as he notes inconsistencies and curious data. Tim Power states, I made it an ironclad rule that I could not change or disregard any of the recorded facts, nor rearrange any days of the calendar. And then I tried to figure out what momentous but unrecorded fact could
1: explain them all. And so the American Craftsman books were written in that mode. And so very, lot of historical research done for those. Oh, wow but uh, the most recent book is in a uh, is back to that mode of finding jobs for the psychologically extreme in the future perhaps the most <laughs> psychologically extreme character protagonist I've had um, border crosser and that book is uh, it just came out in October and it concerns a uh, borderline personality protagonist named Eris who has an ex- the rather extreme variant of it thats it's been amplified by her secret cabal of employers and the what's called the emotional amnesia element of that disorder has been amplified. Where she remembers facts just fine. She remembers who does what to whom. She just doesn't remember, in the sense we all do, how she felt about it. So there's not an emotional consistency. She can switch from love to hate very quickly, and does. And her employers throw her into situations in order to cause chaos on the galactic stage. Well, Eris comes to find, figure this out, that she's being manipulated. That her nature is being manipulated, and she decides on a course of a revenge against her employers, and b trying to seize control again of her own emotional dials, of her own mind, and that's the uh, that's the plot of the book. That's the kind of where the book gets going from from right there.
0: If you enjoy listening to sci-fi thoughts, but find it difficult to remember to. Check the website for new shows. Get this technology from the future. Install into your phone a podcast player. Using this, you can subscribe to our podcast feed. And next thing you know... You'll be cruising around in your car with your phone plugged in, playing Sci-Fi Thoughts, or you'll be out there jogging, or you'll be doing whatever you want this to is do. The police. Put the podcast player down. And have your ears plugged into some cool science fiction programming. You can find instructions on lancerkind.com. So check out the show notes. The show notes are will show right up there in your podcast player. And you can just tap on links that are set up so you can go to Tom Doyle's Border Crosser and order copies of that. Or you can see some of his free short stories and audio including a small press award winner called The Wizard of Makatawa. And even if you don't have a podcast player, you just need to go back to the website where you found this podcast and there you'll see the show note text on that web page. Next episode, more Tom Doyle. It's a
1: very real condition affecting a lot of people out there. And it has a wide variety of symptoms. There are two things about it that are changes. seldom as severe on the emotional amnesia component as I'm making in the book. So it's been amplified. And it's also... In women, at least, seldom associated with this sort of uh, psychopathy or, uh, you know, uh, being sociopathic or psychopathic uh, sort of violence levels. Some of the men with borderline personality disorder would tend more to have uh, the potential for violence in in that condition.